Sorry, boys. That's all right. I can take that like off. Bush League. I apologize. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. Check it out. See, the only thing you need to do right here is snod your freaking head. Boy, it's August 14th, and it's episode 163, and this is the Fantasy Football Auctioneer Podcast. The Fantasy Football Auctioneer Podcast is the fantasy... Whoa. The Fantasy Football Auctioneer Podcast is... I don't even know what the hell I'm saying right now, you guys. Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. I had a Caesar out on the deck before we came. I'm sitting in my truck outside of a, uh, a marina right now so I can grab some Wi-Fi. It's the middle of the night. People think I'm probably stalking a campground, but uh, we had to record the pod. So I don't know what we're doing, but uh, we're here. The two of us are here. We got, or the three of us are here. We got uh, Mr. Blister sitting in the dumper. It's a train wreck, folks. It's a train wreck. The fantasy football auction is a train wreck here. You got a guy in a parking lot. It's the official podcast of the fantasy football auction.com. <laughs> Yeehaw! Oh. Hey, yeah. Blister, how are you doing tonight? Uh, just fun, wonderful. Uh, have a whole house full of in-laws, and uh, I'm in my bathroom party. <laughs> How's that treating you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't say a whole lot because anybody okay. probably They'll knows. listen. Anybody knows? No, nobody will listen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Hey, and uh, Slim, uh, thanks for pressing record tonight. How are you doing tonight? Will the real Slim Sadie please stand up? I repeat, will the real Slim Sadie please stand up? We're going to have a problem here. I'm feeling good. Probably won't feel so good in the morning. It's been a long day. Uh, had the kids swimming in a buddy's pool. Dad got into a few, uh, what's that Adam Sandler bit? Them to a few uh, what's it, daiquiris. Tries to get them to go water oh, ski. Remember that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they had a couple daiquiris. <laughs> anyway, it's kind of what I feel like. Anyway, right my wife was there, so she All right. drove the kids home. Everybody, don't worry. Don't be tweeting at me. Everybody's good. The kids are in bed. Safe. The the kids are in bed, safe and sound. We got teeth brushed. Everyone's in bed. Everyone's fed. It's all good. Don't call family. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, um, we've got a, we've got an ad lib show for you tonight, as you can tell by the, uh, tremendous intro, um, which will probably mean it'll be one of our better shows. Um, we're going to talk some strategy. We did some, we've got our big auction coming up in a couple weeks. So we're going to talk a little bit about how we're planning to get ready for that. Um, maybe we'll talk some of the latest NFL news because there's been some pretty, major movement and uh, suspensions since our last pod. So um, uh, without further ado, guys, if you guys are ready, then I'm ready. Let's cock the hammer. It's time for action.
All right, so like I said, we're going to uh, break down some of the ways we're preparing for our auctions. We're going to talk some uh, NFL news and whatnot, and uh, let's just get rolling. So, guys, busy week. I love walking through Walmart and uh, getting chirped from the bread aisle um, from the newest member of our uh, of our auction league. Uh, and so then I had to go in and you know make the small talk. It was guys, it was a big week in. Uh, the last week was a pretty big week in football. So, what do you think about the trades? Oh man. Um, well, as a Jordan Matthews owner, I will say I was pretty stoked in our dynasty, but um, then he broke his. Not so much anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much deflated my owner. But um, <laughs> no, you know what? I think if you're a Sammy Watkins guy, I honestly don't think it changes his value much. Um, and this is just coming, I guess, from a redraft perspective. It's, you know, Jared Goff is what he is. Everybody, the funny thing is I went on Twitter right after, because my mind was blown, I'll be honest. I was out furniture shopping that whole morning. I come home, I check Twitter, I see these two massive trades that, uh, that happened, and I was kind of blown away. So I go on Twitter, um, I want to find out what happened. And I see these reactions of everybody. Oh, well, you know, Sammy Watkins, this is great for him. This is great. Jared Goff, you know, he was a rookie last year. He's going to be better. He's going to be better. Well, one, I saw J.J. Zacharyson tweet this, and I, and I totally agree. Show me stats from a rookie quarterback that were as shitty as Jared Goff's that actually ended up being a good NFL quarterback. So don't the, – the, the argument that yeah, yeah. Oh, he can only get better is garbage because they can always get better. Sometimes you are what right. you are. And I think Jared Goff is what he is. Now, does that mean that he's that much worse than Tyrod Taylor? Well, he is worse. I love Tyrod Taylor. I think he's pretty good. But Tyrod Taylor does a lot with his legs. I do think that the offensive coordinator in L.A. is going to work to get Watkins the ball. That being said, I don't think anything changes much. I think the volume is probably going to be similar. Production is probably going to be similar. And it is what it is. Uh, yeah. If you can go and say you're in a redraft and you traded, or you already did your draft, and you can go and trade, and maybe you can get Watkins now for cheap because somebody's just like thinks LA is the kiss of death. Um, I would go do that in our dynasty league, yeah. any dynasty league. I would try and do that as well. Um, uh, as far as Jordan Matthews goes, I think that's a big boost for him, to be honest, because he goes in as a number one wide receiver. And absolutely, think Jordan Matthews is like the slot guy. Oh, he can't do. It. You know what, man? He has shown improvement every year over the last you know few years in college and in the pros. Last year was the the one blip on the radar. Whether that's injury, could be because he was a rookie quarterback, maybe he just flatlined. Who knows? But I'm willing to bet that the, the progression continues, and now he's going to get number one wide receiver volume. Um, I I think that's a big boost. If you're Jordan Matthews owner, you should be kind of happy. Uh, obviously, you'll break your sternum like a sissy. Then I could think, but I mean. Fact that he went there, that's a good thing. It was rumored for a long time that he was going to get traded. Weren't sure if it was going to happen. Uh, seemed like the writing was maybe on the wall, and they're pumping the tires at Aguilar, which was kind of silly. 
because this sucks. But anyway, uh, that's my kind of take on that trade, at least. Uh, kind of a wash for Watkins, and I think it's a, an uptick a little bit for Jordan Watkins. Well, I'm kind of in the same boat, too. The only thing is in my uh, other friends and family dino that we started, um, I made a trade and had a Robert Woods throw-in coming my way, and I was pretty pumped about the about it because I thought, you know what, Robert Woods, Rams, this is a this is gonna be a good thing. Young receiver, yada yada yada. Um, trade goes through. I give myself a little pumpernickel. I check Twitter and see that the the Sammy Watkins trade went through, and all of a sudden Robert Woods doesn't look like such a great throw-in anymore. But uh, that's all right. We'll be okay. Um, Blister, are you sitting on the can right now? How do you think things uh, went with this trade? Well, I downgraded Sammy Watkins to 27th now in my rankings and could fall further yet depending on what I see in the next little while. And I have uh, Jordan Matthews around 43rd. Um, no, Jordan Matthews wasn't that great when he was relied on as a number one in Philadelphia. I think he's better as a number two receiver. Um, I think he's... You know, from Wentz to Tyrod for him, that could be a wash. Like Slim said, Tyrod does put up fantasy points as a quarterback, but a lot of it has to do with his legs. Uh, Stammy in, um, in, in LA, yeah, I'm not excited about that at all. I don't think they have a great team. Um, I really don't have a lot of faith in him. I, I actually thought about maybe drafting him again this year, giving him a second chance after he disappointed me so much last year. But what's uh move to LA up just seals the deal. I'm not even gonna touch him. So you know, unless he was an unbelievable steal. But uh don't have a lot of confidence in Sammy. So it was an interesting trade. I think the Buffalo did well with the trade. Like it, overall I would take Matthews and, and you know trade Sammy for for the production they've got out of him and they also upgraded their draft picks I believe in the process so I think they did a pretty good job so hats off to Buffalo for jumping on that but uh fantasy wise I'd rather not take either of those guys this year and let somebody else in their redraft uh take them and uh if I'm wrong good for them and if I'm right well so be it <laughs> All right, and then the other big piece of news in since our last podcast was the Zeke news. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> six, game, <laughs> six games for Zeke. Uh, Slim, what does this do for Zeke as far as your tiering and uh, your auction drafting? It's good you asked. Hold on a second. Let me go on Twitter. Because I'll be We're honest, gonna, I... Oh, that's right, because you pulled this today. I did. I wanted to know what people were thinking. Because for me personally, and I know Blister probably is going to agree with me because he thought this probably before, uh, I think Zeke's untouchable. I really think he is. Um, I think that there's always going to be one person in every draft who's going to pay probably, I don't want to say near, like, going to pay market dollar, but very, very, very close. So say right now he goes for $52. I think some somebody's going to pay over $40 for him every time. I will never pay that for a running back who is going to miss yeah. six games. Guaranteed. Guaranteed to miss six games. Guaranteed. So I, I get he's awesome. He could come back and be great for the fantasy playoff. But I might go 0-6 over that span if I buy him. And then it doesn't matter. So I want somebody, 
fact, I'm going to go in and probably, I'm going to use this to my advantage. I'm going to go in and tell people, oh man, you know, there's a good chance that, you know, this violence thing, you might play week one or week two, and who knows what happens. I want someone to buy him, and I want someone to buy him for big. So I am yeah. going to pump the tires on him, spend your money, take him, please somebody. It won't be me. I don't think it's going to be anybody on our podcast. So I'm sure I'll let no. you get to that. But take him, <laughs> and hopefully it cripples your team. Because you're going to spend a shit ball of money for a guy who's probably not going to lead to a ton of wins. And the thing with that, too, and I agree with Slim, like, you miss six games and some guys are going to think, well, hey, if I get him for 40 bucks, that's a steal, man. I'll still have him for the, down the playoff stretch. Yeah, but if you're spending 40 or more dollars, that's a very quality player. And if you don't make, like, a lot of leagues have gone down to a six man or a four team playoff, you know, so top four make it to the playoffs, bottom eight or, or top six make it, the first two teams get a buy. Well, man, you're hurting your chances if it's six teams. Like, our league has been so tight the last few years there where seven and six teams are getting in or, or you know, uh, it's been so close that you're really taking your chance. If you go and drop four of those first six games or worse, man, you're probably not getting in the playoffs. So, you know what? Have at it, boys. Go buy them up. But it, go it, buy Melbourne Florida. Or somebody Absolutely. else. Like, Jesus Christ, I'll take why Melvin. would you waste your money? Like, Give me some Melvin. So just to go back to this, <laughs> the Twitter poll I ran today, I mean, it's still going on. Uh, there's still 10 hours left, so this is thick grain of salt. But I think it gives us a pretty, it'll give us a pretty fair idea. Um, so 53 volts in. Uh, question was, in a PPR auction draft, what would you be willing to pay for a seat, given what we know at the moment? Because, yes, we, there could be things change. I do have a feeling maybe the suspension gets reduced, but you're drafting this weekend or you drafted last weekend, that doesn't mean shit to you. So um, the options were still, I'll, I'll still pay over 45 bucks, 2% voted for that, $35 to $45, 15%, to $25 to $35, 62% said they would do that, and 21% said he has to be under 25 bucks. Now, the guys that said 25 to 35 bucks, I still have a hard time believing that it's great to say that, but when you get into a draft, especially a live draft, but any draft, you it's you get the juices flowing a little bit. I found it. I've done it with Levy and Bell in the past, but so I can say this. Um, you bid, and maybe he's going really cheap, and then maybe you're the price enforcer guy. You bid a little bit, and now he's going. You think, yeah, yeah, it's still pretty cheap, and you almost kind of maybe talk yourself into some things. And so I think that thirty-five bucks, there's going to be somebody in every draft. That wants to pay more than I almost guarantee it, especially if there's booze involved in your draft. So, uh, yeah, yeah. If there is, get some people drunk and let them do their thing. But you know, anyway, well, that's appropriate. You put up the uh, poll. Sorry if I was well. You can't see me on a video, which is good. I'm swatting mosquitoes out of the way. I I put the windows down because I got the auxiliary on, and it's hot as hell in this truck. Uh, this is not the way to podcast. But no. we're committed. When I was on summer vacation. When you're on summer vacation, that's right. Uh, so, Blister, um, I voted on the poll. You were busy um, on some big sports boat going to uh, or um, I picked under twenty five bucks. Are you uh, bucks or over twenty five bucks for Zeke? For Zeke. Oh, I think I might have voted 25 to 35, but I'd prefer the $25 end of it. Um, I'd prefer not to even take Zeke and take yeah. Ty Montgomery for 25 bucks 
instead. What? Oh, you heard that? Yeah. Some time, Montgomery. Yeah. So you know what? Boys? We're gonna fight over the same guys. It's gonna be yes. For this year now, you guys, I think, are on the Danny Woodhead bad wagon. We're probably gonna have Ooh, to. Forgot about Danny some, Woodhead. Have to drop some gloves. <laughs> have to drop over that. No, but Cheers. I've done. Uh, I've done like you know. You know the mock. I would talk to you guys about this every year. I think the mock draft world championships on scout, right? You just yeah. mock draft in minutes. And I usually, you know, the first year I might have put in 10 teams and then maybe 20. And then, you know, I, I just remembered about it again the other day. So I probably You're drafted 47 about 40, teams in. <laughs> 40, 42, I think, right now. And, uh, <laughs> but I haven't seen Danny Woodhead's name once on there yet. He hasn't been on one of my teams. So I got to keep an eye out for Danny Woodhead. I don't know if he's getting drafted. I mean, I've tried to mix it up every time, but. Find out when you get to the last five or six picks, the same guys are out there all the time. So it's kind of interesting. But all right, well, speaking speaking of uh, setting up for your draft, that blisters talking. I mean, even doing doing that, right? Doing the mock drafts as it's uh, standard state drafts. It's still it's still practice about uh, about that blisters that you know you're on the clock always, right? So you need to make a decision and you need to make one now. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of like that idea for practice when you're sitting in your live auction and you're you're in a bidding war. When do you stop? When do you start? Like what what happens? And you need to be able to react now. So you're you need to know your guys. You need to know your values. You need to know your tiers. So I like that idea even of practicing um, that way. So what are some things right now you're doing to get yourself uh, geared up? Our big ones in um, what about uh, twelve days or so? Yeah, I'm just fine-tuning my budgets right now, I'll be honest. Um, I still, this sounds terrible, I still haven't made my tiers, although I have kind of mentally. I haven't put them onto paper and um, done that yet. I usually like to wait right till the end to do my tiers. You guys know how I feel about rankings and shit. Like, I hate that stuff. Tiers, I actually, tiers are valuable to me. Rankings, I think, are pointless for a lot of people um, because you should be ranking your own people for your leagues because it's your league. You know people in your league that's scoring. You know that league should be a little bit more intimate to you. But why steal our rankings to be there? But, yeah, that great job of selling that shit, I guess, guys. But, um, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> the tiers actually, I think, mean something because now you're lumping certain players that you like uh, amongst other people in that same kind of category for you. Whether it's points, like I like to kind of tier by points what I think of as, as final points that you're going to get in a year. Um, some people might like to tier based on uh, average fantasy points per, per week, things like that. All, all valuable though. Tier guys, likewise things. I'll be doing that very shortly, which is going to help me further um, fine-tune my budgets. But even just when I go to draft, it's going to help me give me uh, a basis of when I see players going and I can cross them off, I know where there could potentially be value. Instead of looking at uh, Matthew Berry's piece of shit 300-player cheat sheet. <laughs> hey, hey, he, he, big, big, big warnings by Matt Berry on uh, Twitter today. Don't draft a quarterback too early. 
Five Captain years Obvious. Late. Captain Thanks. Obvious. Yeah. Call Fabiano. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So I'm doing that, and the next thing, like I said, I'm always fine tuning my budgets. It's maybe a sickness to an extent. Right now, I've got four that are on the go, and every couple days, I kind of like to peek at the <laughs> spreadsheet, and I'll just look and say, "Oh, can I pull two dollars from here and move it there? And I move this here, and." I, and it's probably all a net zero. I probably moved so much shit that it doesn't actually, it all ends up back in roughly the same place, but I still like to do that. I kind of, based on different values that I see with players and things, I say, oh, uh, we're going to have to spend this much at wider Super 3 because um, instead of $12, I know I can spend 9 and still get all these guys or most of these guys. And I can move this $3 somewhere else and little things like that. So Essentially, I'm just tweaking yeah. things right now to try and maximize um, maximize upside and fantasy points that I think I can get. Lister, how about uh, you decide making uh, pancakes tomorrow morning for the uh, in-laws? What are you doing to get yourself ready for, for the big draft? <laughs> Not enough uh, right now. <laughs> I have a draft tomorrow night. Um Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was supposed to do it tonight, but I didn't think I'd be back to even do this. So I rearranged to to move it to tomorrow. So that'll be fun, and that'll it's not the same format though. It's not a super flex. Uh, I did change it to half point PPR. I didn't do any points per carry, but um, you know it'll be interesting just to to get back into it. A draft uh, I've ran it for a few years now, um, so I'll do that. I have been mocking. I haven't been mocking nearly enough. I don't feel like I do. I do, I was, as we're speaking, I'm tweaking my, my tiers and my ranks. And when I go to the draft, I just basically take my tier sheet and I still have to sit down and think, okay, this is how much I want to spend at each position, roughly. Like that'll be my original thought process. And then I'll, and I'll go yep. from there and I'll, I'll reallocate money as it comes up or take away from some areas. But you know, you guys talked about the super flex is new to our auction this year and, and how, you know, Slim says too, he thinks that there'll be a lot of money spent on quarterback. And like, when we did that mock the other night with the Superflex, I was blown away how much money was spent on quarterback. And I just can't see that happening. You know, I was tweaking an idea before, like Slim said, spending, excuse me, actually spending money on a Brady or a Rogers or something like that. And, but, uh, you know, well, I guess we'll just see how it goes. I, you know, was a Brady, Rogers, even a Drew Brees? Yeah, I, you know, I could probably stomach that because I think you can get a lot of value down the road at some of the other positions, and if you can get a guy that's going to separate your you from the pack uh, with the potential points that they can get, that's great. But after that, I just can't see me spending big bucks on a quarterback. And I, you know, I've taken it and tweaked it, and I've thrown our pretty much our uh, scoring system into some other sites that you can project the outcomes and stuff. And I can see the values sitting here in front of me. And, yeah, you know, you can look at it each position and say, oh, well, Tom Brady and Iron Rodgers are ranked to be the top quarterbacks at 360 points based on their projections and our scoring. And, you know, versus, you know, the top running or receivers, Antonio Brown projected at 278. So I guess I'm going to spend more on, on my quarterback. But, it's not, that's not how I want to look at it. It's, it's comparable to what you could get for, you know, instead of spending 30 on Brady, maybe I only spend eight and I get, uh, Cam Newton and he's projected for 
50 points less than Brady, then I can spend, you know, more at another position where the difference isn't going to be, I'm going to gain. So basically what I'm saying is you're basically allocating money per point. Not, you're not looking at the, the best, I got to get this player at the best rank because it's how much do you lose by spending a little bit less and dropping down, you know, the seventh rank player, the ninth rank player. Does that allow me to, get a higher ranked running back where the projection might be deeper between first and seventh or first and 12th and stuff like that. So that's kind of where I look at it and then go from there. And it's, again, it's projections. So that could all be garbage by the, you know, yeah. the weekend and of the who, season. Things can change. And who's projections too, right? And all those things. Yeah. So, but, but are you yeah, uh, we'll talking about tweaking your, tweaking your tiers ter- uh, currently? Um, those are all available to our members, right? I got them all dialed in yeah. on the website so members can jump on. They can download Blister's tiers, tweak their own that way. He's kind of got them, um, you know, like killers and whatever. He's got little titles uh, with them. So you can go in there and you can just... Oh, I like it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. that guy, click and drag... Yeah. Go one on. thing that I should... One guy asked me to do this and I never did, but I don't have them ranked within the tier according to right. who I think is the best in that tier at, at the top. I just, this is my tier, and I, because when I move them around, I'm not going to re, rejig the whole tier. I just, this is a group in this tier. They're all worth relatively the same amount to me. I might look at that group at, you know, the, say the third tier of, uh, uh, what do we got here? Third tier of, we'll go to the running backs, for example. And in my third tier, I have Zeke now. I moved him way down, obviously. And, uh, what do you name that tier? What's it called? Solid. <laughs> Solid. What, oh, what happened to my uh, tier thing? It's gone. Damn it. Anyways. Uh, anyways, so I might just take a look and I say, well, I really don't want this guy. I'd rather have this <laughs> guy, and and so on. So it's not. They're not ranked according to uh, who I think is the best in that tier. That's for sure. Right. But we've talked about that before about drafting, drafting tiers rather than necessarily drafting players, right? Having your targets yeah. within the tier, but um, targeting tiers with the auction really is uh, um, can be beneficial if you've created your own tiers. Um, for sure. So, some you are getting your tiers ready for the website? No, maybe not your final tiers that you're going to walk into, but no, I will be. Once I kind of make them, I don't necessarily change them too much. Um, it's kind of why I wait, waited a little bit later this year. Uh, in years past, I've kind of done them earlier. And then I find it kind of a hassle, I'll be honest, to go back and... and change them, yeah. Go, well, it's not even the changing. I, I, it's easier to change rankings than it is the tiers, I find. So... I'm kind of waiting, and I just want to see how things kind of shake out. Watch the preseason games, and then just have this concrete thing set. So um, I'll be should be looking for those to be on the website by for sure by the end of this week. Okay, um, they'll be the winners, boys. So, there you go. <laughs> so on the website, if you fourteen ninety five, you get you the membership. Uh, you've got. Uh, um, a bunch of articles on there that you can read that are auction specific, but really the meat and potatoes are the auction values over 300 plus players, our consensus ranks, um, 10 team, 12 team, 14 team, uh, average auction values, 
Uh, also with our value indicators, so taking a look at positional ranks versus how much their AAV is. And we'll give you an indicator. If uh, they're green on our spreadsheet, that means they're a value and go get them. Um, if they're red, that means pump the brakes, buddy. Uh, you may not be finding any value here. Um, and if you're just looking for that spreadsheet, we've had a few guys now starting to do this. If you head over on uh, to the to our Patreon site, that's patreon.com backslash fantasy football auction. If you go there, you can uh, um, throw five bucks in the kitty and uh, get yourself a download of that spreadsheet. And what's good for that, if that's all you want, is just that meat and potatoes, is you can do like what Slim was saying, go in and create your own rankings and do what Blister does and create your own tiers, but you've got our stuff there already. If anything, the five bucks save you having to type all the crap out, right? I mean, if anything, and for me sometimes it's worth the five bucks so I don't have to type it all out. Well, I was just going to say, for five bucks, <laughs> you get everybody's tiers and rankings for yourself just to be able to do you know, whatever you want with them. That's, you know, for two large coffees at your local drive That on. I'd buy that. Not bad. So, um, shout, shout out to, uh, oh, geez, now I'm going to drop his name. I want to say it's Troy on Twitter who helped me work through the, uh, Patreon, uh, $5 drop there. So, um, we worked, uh, for a little bit to make sure we got it dialed in. Um, had, uh, had some, some more on there today come through. Wow. So, um, you can get on there. Hey, and even if you don't want to buy the membership or if you don't want to drop the five smash on the, on the spreadsheets, uh, you can even go on the Patreon site and uh, throw a buck in the kitty there and just say, hey, thanks a lot for uh, oh, producing a auction-only site. I was just going to say, to me, the thing about that's nice about Patreon, and this is going to be our soft story. I've got a metal cat. I, I get it. But, like, you're looking at three regular dudes with kids, with families. We try to put out free as much free content as we can. With free content is a lot of time. Like, Time away, I know for me personally, we got a newborn kid, I get a lot of death stares when I want to go downstairs <laughs> and podcast or yeah. I'm on the computer uh, trying to do rankings in the morning with a cup of coffee. My wife says, what the fuck are you doing? Kid is crying. Can you help me with this? And I'm like, well, you know, I'm trying to, you know. So these guys are no different either. Like, we got families, like, it's it's time. And all it is is just like, a, here's a buck. Thanks a lot, man. Um, yeah. Thanks for the time. So, are we anything special? No. But we do take the times out of our day, out of our family's days, more importantly, um, to try and present this. Because we like doing it. But we tr- we want to give it to you guys uh, because we like to do it. So, just kind of like a little thank you to say, hey, guys, you know, there you go. Thanks a lot. Okay. I, I saw today um, Slim Fuguzi put on Twitter that he registered for Patreon um, just so we can go around and uh, throw a dollar in the pot for different guys that he respects. And I thought, hey, that was pretty cool that's from awesome. someone who's someone who's in the industry that's going around saying thanks to others in the industry, so it's pretty cool. Well, that's one good thing about the industry is there is a lot of good guys. I mean, we see it with, like, we're all in the fishbowl, so we know, like, for example, what Scott Fish does with his fantasy cares and stuff like that. I thought I saw a thing like they raised like tens of thousands of dollars this year now for, and they used to buy crazy. toys for kids on Christmas. Like, 
if, you know, we're all dads on this pod, and probably most of us that listen, like, you know, that's pretty sweet. Like, I, for me, it kind of, I think that's awesome that, uh, people that just do this for fun and out of their own time are gracious enough to donate their time and their money to, you know, to something like that. The kids' toys on Christmas don't normally get that shit, so. I think that's pretty dope. Um, so yeah, you guys should be doing the same thing, man. <laughs> there you go. Um, so there, there's our sob story. It's pretty good. Hey, I'm sitting in a in a yeah. half ton at a <laughs> marina. I drove down an old logging road to get here so we could pod. Whoa. I mean, Whoa. I screwed up the intro at at that. Alex Cafe laughing at this. I know, and and I and I'm pretty sure I left my son. With like some pretty wicked sunstroke in the cabin with my wife. There you go. Pretty you sure that there's a, pu- a puke bucket, and I'm like, "Hey, is this a uh, hold on to this frozen water bottle, kid? It'll be all right. I'm going to podcast." He goes, "You're going to podcast at the landing." So there, yeah, put it in your armpit. That's exactly what I told to do. And blister sitting on the shitter with his in-laws at the house. I mean, come on. <laughs> We're hardcore. At least you're not laying in bed uh, eating cookies and dropping crumbs in your bed anymore. Right? It would have been in there, but I thought it was too noisy. Kids are still have to be chased to bed yet. So you, you and the mother, mother-in-law and father-in-law it would have been too much, uh, too crowded in too there. Too crowded, too crowded. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, all right, all right. That's the sidebar. So getting prepped. That's um, where you guys are at. Um, what I did to first real good day. I got to sit down and. Um, like my wife looked, she goes, what do you mean you're going to do fantasy football on the back deck? I said, well, I do so much with the website. I don't actually do anything for me. So today was for me. I poured myself, uh, Ross Tucker, Caesar, and, uh, sat on the back deck and I actually hand bombed, uh, took out the notepad and hand bombed out all of our rules, Slim. I went on the MFL site and looked under scoring and, did all the things you oh told me to do, and I yeah, got all that. Site. Yeah, I know. Except for it said I was Mr. Blister at one point. It was I, I was Clinger at another point. I didn't know what the hell was happening. Anyways, I hand-bombed all the rules. I hand-bombed, like, you know, the roster s- spots. And then the first thing I did is probably what you guys probably do. I'm like, okay, how many bench spots? Uh, eight bench spots, uh, $2 each, 16 bucks. Okay, take that out of my 200 all right, next. What are my quarterbacks? What am I willing to spend? Take that out of my 200. Now, let's take a look at the How tight end. How much are you willing to spend? A few budgets that I've been working on. I've been kind of going back and forth between that 15 to $20 mark for the two. But, you know, I'm a – it's like Mike last year, I take Cam because he was a value. So I need to make sure I have spots that are available to find that cash if it happens. I, I'm like you guys though. So we're in the first year of this super flex. Who knows what the hell is going to happen? A quarterback it overspends for the big dogs, flush some of that money out. And number two, then that means there's less money to spend at those other positions. So that's my gear. But what, so what I did is what hopefully a lot of the listeners are doing. I took our auction values, our AAVs, and I wrote that. I, I literally wrote down, I'd say the top 40 running backs, top 40 uh, wide receivers and the top 20 running backs and put their auction values there. And I put my own, I put them in my order of my own rank. 
And then I put a little little line where I broke down my tears, and then I got to work. And it was like, all right, what if I spend uh, uh, $87, um, my RB1 and my RB2, what does that look like? And then away we go. And so what I found, and normally I don't do this, but from listening to you guys, you guys normally allocate money, right, for like uh, RB1, RB2, RB3, or wide receiver 1, wide receiver 2, wide receiver 3. I, I don't normally... Yet. Yeah, and I don't normally do that. I normally just, like, years past, I'd go in and i say $80 on running backs, having an idea that I want two third-tier court, uh, running backs or whatever it is in my tiers. But this year, I took a look at it, and I thought, well, I'm going to maybe look at it the way you guys do and break down RB1 and RB2. And I actually, I enjoyed looking at it that way. So you guys taught me something, even though we've been doing this for five years. and All right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm a league chap. It's all right. It's okay. It's good. Hey, I'm not saying you're not decent. I'm just saying yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> you're, you're but, but one of the things that I liked about doing it that way is that um, it allowed me to find my flexibility in my in my budgets moving That's forward. Instead of just saying I'm going to take five dollars away from running back, it's like the specific running back, and and that was what I really like doing it. So what I do is I with pen and paper is I just hash out seven different scenarios or whatever, right? And I write them all down. And uh, what would it look like if I spent third? You know, um, one of the one of the the budgets I looked at was uh, no more than a twenty dollar receiver, and what does that look like? It's rough. Well, it's good also. And you know what? It actually look it actually looks pretty good because it means you're yeah. going to spend good wow. on running back. And there's 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 a lot of decent guys with upside, right? If you build it right, if you build a Fitzgerald that's going to give you a high floor, and then you jump at some ceilings. Well, I was going to say, like, I, what's the one position where you think you're most flexible? I find wide receiver two to me gives me a ton of flexibility. And that being said, I know most times I'm going very cheap to tight end. And I know most times I'm going yeah. very cheap quarterback. So then I find I I always try to want to try and get one very good wide receiver. That's just me. I mean, um, yeah. so at wide receiver too, what I find sometimes is you end up getting in, say, this $45, 40 range. And what sometimes happens is you get – uh, like the Jordy Nelsons, AJ Greens, obviously, they go for, you know, their $50, $45 type thing. Um, sorry, probably closer to 50 but Then you get guys like Mike Thomas, and I always say, okay, if I'm going to spend about 40 bucks. I want to try and get a Mike Thomas. I want to try and get uh, Doug Ball. I want to try and get uh, maybe not a lot of people. But at least those, some of those kinds of guys, and they're not necessarily there all the time at that price. Uh, I've been a lot of drafts where Mike Thomas goes for like fifty bucks, and where all of a sudden that price range just kind of dries up, and now you're with nothing that you like at that price. So now you have to just you, you got no choice. You're like, nah, why would I spend forty dollars on a guy that's worth twenty five? Or thirty. Yeah, you can e- easily cut off there. Cut ten or twelve I'll, off. I'll, I'll make my plays on the next tier, kind of thing. And so I find wide receiver two is a place where I can be 
really flexible. And that's that's an extreme example. I mean, not extreme, but uh, you could even get lower where, say, you want to put 30 bucks on them. Well, if guys like Demaryius Thomas or uh, maybe Devontae Adams, if you're that high on him, or Sammy Watkins, if you're high, that high on him, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, if those guys don't, you know, or they, they go for higher than what you're thinking there, all of a sudden, well, now I'm taking five bucks off or even ten bucks off, and I'm dropping down to, you know, the Michael Crabtrees and, and that kind of tier. So it's kind yeah. of that tier where it gives you a lot of flexibility depending on how your draft is. And, I mean, you could end up with, I've ended up in a lot of drafts where, you know, I have Michael Crabtree, Devontae Adams, uh, guys like that as my wide receiver too. And I'm okay with that because I have this sure. as this kind of like a wide receiver 14-ish range in my rankings. It's not terrible. I mean, if you want two wide receiver ones, yeah, maybe that's not ideal. But um, if everybody's going for a lot more than you're expecting, then maybe that's not a bad uh, consolation prize. Well, in Blister, I felt the same way with RB2. I felt like there was a lot of flexibility there. If you weren't, if you didn't want to spend, you know, the $40 range, you could easily drop down and pick, uh, Team Geritol and go, you know, <laughs> Jace2 and Gore and, uh, you know, those guys. Yeah, exactly. But you could, but you, you could draft that team, have a couple of them on your bench and just kind of, you know, roll with the punches there. Lister, what do you what are you looking at? Where do you find some flexibility in uh, your auction budgeting? Well, it's a good point. Like I, I think you're. I think the you look at the, the positions, and I think you can. A lot of people instantly will think about saving money at quarterback or tight end in a typical budget. Not talking super flex, and um, and I think you know I was listening to a channel, the radio channel there again today, and it, it's. Uh, one of those things where last year, a couple years ago, 2015 was the year, um, like the running backs are getting banged up. And then last year, the receivers kind of did. And so they said it's quite a wide variety this year in a lot of the drafting that's going on. Like some teams are starting off with four, four receivers. Some people are starting off with three running backs. And it's just, it's quite a bit of variety this year compared to other years. And, um, I, I think, you know, after last, you know, too many people have that recency bias, right? They're going to remember what happened to them last year. For me, I had a lot of receivers get banged up and really yeah. let me down. So, you know, you got to remember that, you know, forget about last year. This is a new year. What, how is it going to work out? And, and you can really, you know, you can get some decent running backs down there that, you know, they're, they're not the flashy David Johnson or Lev Bells, but, you know, Amir Abdullah and Spencer Ware and then some of their backups and Theo Riddick and Danny Woodhead and, you know, Terrence West is starting for a while. Yeah. You can get Dougie Martin at a discount because he's suspended. So you could, you could draft Quiz Rogers if you wanted to, to get you through the first three games. Like you could, you could piece together a pretty cheap, uh, starting running back group that could potentially. Darren McFadden or whoever's going to starting at the, yeah. the Cowboys. <laughs> so you, you can do that. There's a lot of value there. I think that with a lot of the receivers, I really think that. I still think that with receiver, you want guys that are going to play and you got want, like I, I always find it's easier to, you know, I got to keep reminding myself it's easier to replace a running back than it is a wide receiver because, yeah. you know, if uh, Julio Jones goes down, 
you're not going to get the same production from Mohamed Sunu or any of the but anybody else on that team. And you know, if um, what scares me about Antonio Brown is Big Ben. Like he's Antonio's not the same receiver without Big Ben, and Big Ben is injury prone and he's got retirement in the back of his mind. So I don't know how hard he's going to go at it. And so you you want to get those receivers. He looks like Gibson. Yeah, and then you got that tier, you know, with Garcon, <laughs> Willie Sneed, and, and Stefan Diggs, and guys like that. And um, you know, they could be very solid, but they're probably they're not going to put they're not going to be Mike Evans, and they're not going to be Odell. You know, like they're they're going to be solid, but you can't rely on them solely. I don't think. So, you know, I think you got to look for you're going to look for value. It's definitely going to have to be at running back, like in those between those two positions, and. Um, and try to piece together. The thing is, it all depends on how big your bench is, too, right? If you have, we have an eight-player bench, so we have, a, I think, some a little more luxury to play that strategy. Whereas if some leagues have a four-player bench or or six or, or you know smaller, and you might not have that luxury to have that depth. You know, they're going to be out there in the waiver wire, so maybe you go after and spend more on the on the big name starters because you know that the the backups and everybody are on the waiver wire anyway. So. I think that's a good strategy to, to look at. Getting spending money on receivers still not a bad idea, even if the even if the scoring is less. I mean, it's not you're not comparing the receiver to the running back. You're comparing your receiver one compared to your receiver twelve to your receiver twenty to thirty, forty, and so on. And so, if you can nail down three receivers in the top eighteen or something, that might give you a big advantage over the next guy who you know doesn't have a receiver really that could finish in the top twenty four. I love Slim uh, but I was just gonna say it brings up a good point about the the idea of being able to replace that running back with the waiver wire. I love that oh, that premise of this is what I was gonna get into. Good, good, go. Yes. Well a couple things. One is yeah, you brought up the recency bias. To me, that's one thing I like to look at as a drafter. I, I want to go and say, okay, um, what happened at the end of last year? What are people remembering? Um, who are players that maybe weren't certain individuals? Can I capitalize? Like, uh, I'll be honest, um, on Bex, like we were involved in a big kind of dynasty trade. I bought Alan Robinson off of you. Uh, Michael Thomas was involved. I gave him to you. Part of that was I was hoping you know, yeah, then you were maybe frustrated with Alan Robinson. I had a, yep. a couple redraft teams as well. Um, I'm hoping he bounces back. I, I, I believe he's a very talented receiver. There's no reason he shouldn't bounce back. I mean, quarterback play is, is definitely going to influence that, but um, talent profile alone, he should be able to bounce back. But guys like Keenan Allen, he could be a value. Whatever you think of him, some people don't think oh, the volume is going to be there. I personally think they're going to throw the ball quite a, quite a, month, a fair amount. Um, so yep. Keenan Allen is a guy that I might want to target because some people think oh, he's just going to get hurt. I don't want that guy on my team. He's just going to be injured. Um, you know, so there's those that recency bias that you can that you can tie into that or use it somehow to get a value, I think you have to do that. And part of that recency bias goes to RB0. RB0 was huge last year, and for a lot of people, it didn't come to fruition. Why? Because we had this kind of outlier year in terms of points scored by running backs. We had guys like David Johnson and Levy and Bell 
just light it up and it made people think, look, look, we need a top running back. These guys are sick. They just score shit all points. And yes, those guys do if they stay healthy. Um, one thing was not a lot of top running backs got hurt. And if they did, it wasn't until the very end of the year, um, or it didn't necessarily, you know, negatively impact your fantasy team overall. So people are forgetting the fragility of that running back position. And it brings up Blister's point where if you can go and spend cheap at running back, and again, like, this could be the very contrarian play that's going to win you a title because no one's thinking that. What we're seeing right now is running back prices are higher than they have been in the last few years, and that's because everybody thinks they need a top running back. And yes, it's nice to have. That, that is a nice little security blanket. Uh, if you like my son, you'll fall asleep really nice with that little piece of felt <laughs> velvet inside your face every night. It'll just calm you right down. You'll be good to go. But it's not necessary. Like, we have to maybe try to think, maybe this is the time to think outside the box, especially if you know your league. If you think everybody's going to prioritize running that, well, like you said, box, go geriatric. Uh, maybe load yeah. up on all, a lot of those old guys that are going to get lots of touches. They still have some upside. They're being greatly undervalued. And like Lister said, you just stack your wide receivers and you just shit stop everybody else there. And, you know, you stream the running back position. And when some of these guys end up getting hurt, we've seen is already in concussion protocol. Um, it's only a matter of time. Yeah, these guys are going to get injured. It is the most nasty and dangerous position, maybe in sports. Like, it happens. These guys are going to get hurt. Um, we saw it at the end of the year with David Johnson. Um, he's not invincible either. Like, yeah. you can go spend 70 bucks on him and that guy could go down. So, um, I just, I, that's my one caution. It, and to me, that is the one thing I'm, I'm having to decide the hardest between. Do I want to buy one very good running back, or do I want to go hard against Yeah, it's and that's that's what you got to play with. It's um, you can't win unless you roll the dice. But it's like how many dice are you rolling, right? That's uh, if you play it safe. Well, I mean, there's a you're gonna. Element. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And that's where RB zero, I think, to the average person becomes scary because they look at their roster and they say, oh, I'm starting Frank Gore and uh, yeah. and that just looks scary to me. But they're not looking at their bench and saying, alright, I got three other really solid dudes. I'll pick the best matchup in the week and in week six when guys like Zeke Elliott still aren't playing and Jay Ajayi's hurt with another concussion and maybe Devontae Freeman's banged up and pulled Hattie, and those top guys aren't all playing, then, hey, this doesn't look so bad. You know, like, right. I'm averaging 25 points per week uh, for my two running back spots with these cheap-ass dudes that I'm streaming pretty well. They've got good matchups with my homework. If it's PPR league, i got some PPR upside in those guys, so... There's all those elements to play. I mean, you got to get over the fact that you know, what your starting lineup might look like on you know, that. Oh my God, I'm on a top ten guy. Um, don't think the top ten guys are necessarily that great. Um, 
that's kind of well, blister. I mean, Bell, David Johnson are awesome, but like, do you want to spend that much on Jordan Howard, or would you rather spend that much on three guys that could do what Jordan Howard does? Right. If Jordan Howard was flashing the pen. So that's kind of where you got to get to. Like, where is your mind going to go? And blister uh, talking about the um, sexy names. Uh, when I was working on my stuff today with uh, the pen and paper. I, when I go in my tier and I say I'm going to draft, you know, two guys in this tier, let's say, I've tried to intentionally pull a name out of there that is not sexy, a guy that I may, may not necessarily like, and then take a look at my team at face value and say, oh, hey, uh, how do these names, how do they resonate with me when I see my team at the, at the end of this quote unquote fake draft that I'm doing? Um, but I intentionally pull those uh, crappy names out of that tier and put them on my paper so that it, I know what this team could look like in the draft if I decide to go with this budget. Um, do you do anything with your sexy names or any rounds about that way? I mean, Blister is a sexy name, by the way. Oh, yeah. Right there is. Yeah, big sexy. Um, uh, you know what? I, I, I got, that's what I was thinking about kind of before you said that. When someone's still talking, I was thinking, if I did it, Started doing some, like basically what you did, Bex, pen and paper, and putting some different numbers to different uh, positions and seeing what the team will look like. Yeah, I take into consideration like the names in that tier, right? Some of these names are going to go for more money than others based on knowing your competition, right? And uh, a guy like uh, Alshon Jeffrey in Philadelphia, for example, now he still might be a favorite of the Bears fan, and you know, right. and things like that. You got to think that Brandon Cooks or even more so, I think Ty, Ty Montgomery, we brought him up earlier. You know, we kind of all like him for the value where the price is going and he's in a great offense. But then if you throw in a couple of uh, Packers fans, that uh, they'll pay their right. life not to have him on their team because they want to build a cheer for it. not only their fantasy team but their real team. It's going to be probably could get out of your price range. And then there's other guys that, you know, a guy like DeAndre Hopkins had a bad season last year, and but, you know, he's a talented player. And I don't think he can get worse at quarterback and, you know, but guys are going to probably shy away from him. So you might, when you look at the tier I have him in, you know, there's other guys like Amari Cooper and Brandon Cooks that's in New England and guys like that that I think Jarvis Landry too, you know, guys like that have been, have been solid, but they also, uh, you know, they're young and they're Brandon Cooks is going to Tom Brady. So not that Drew Brees wasn't good, but you know, there's guys like that that I think when you look at them, they're going to be the flashier toy in that tier versus Demarius Thomas. who doesn't have a quarterback or golden Tate and guys like that that I have in the same tier. So yeah, I consider that like what, what I might be able to get and who, which guys might create a bit of a bidding war and which guys might not. Right. And so Slim, speaking of bidding wars, um, we were talking off air just before we got on. I said, save it for the pod. Um, we're in a new, uh, super flex in our, in our big home league. Um, and so there's going to be a lot of changes to price, price points and, uh, you know, roster constructions. But you also had some ideas around nominations and, and, um, how you might go around this new league scoring and, and attack that from a nomination standpoint. Yeah, I think in a super flex, I am probably, and again, this goes down to how you know your league. Um, in our league, I think I am going to, I, I'm praying 
that I get a top three nomination. I don't know why. I just feel like I I like having the power of tossing out somebody that I think can rattle the cages of some people very early in the draft. Slim, can I give you a timeout quick? Yeah, sure. Okay, so um, and on that note, I just love that you're saying that you, you want a top three nomination because you like the power in that first round. Um, and uh, or, um, I've always disliked one of the guys at CBS and what they do um, with their uh, different stuff. However, the other guy at CBS, um, I saw this. I was trolling for auction stuff on Twitter the other day. Yep. Asked him that I follow actually, um, and follows me. Asked him if uh, having a first round nomination or being early in the first round of nominations, you know, ask for some strategy around that, or does it really mean anything to just throw any old guy? And uh, um, the other guy, not Dave Richards, uh, said it really uh, has, is it makes no difference. It doesn't matter where you. Um, where you're slotted as far as nomination order makes absolutely no difference. And I, and then I think I responded something along the lines, well, if it makes no difference, then you're not doing it right. Well, and I just left it at that. I and mean, of course, of course, Mr. Eisenberg didn't uh, respond, but yes. Um, well, it doesn't make a difference in the sense that every player is going to get nominated at some point. But, sure. I mean, no. It I obviously makes nominate. a difference. You want a top three. Uh, I do. I mean, I, I, I shouldn't say top. Maybe it's top five. I mean, if I know I want to nominate a quarterback, so say in a super flex league, I probably top five is fine. Like, I in that range, I'll still be able to nominate kind of a mid tier quarterback. And the guy I was kind of talking about uh, before we got on the show was Ben Roethlisberger, um, and I'm not sure how I feel about him as a as a kind of a catalyst, not a catalyst, a, a measuring stick, um, because he carries a lot of name recognition. I don't want that. I want to gauge what people are willing to pay in a super flex for, not the top tier quarterbacks, but I know those guys are going to go for a fair amount of money. One of the right. kind of later tier, it's not later, it's the mid tier guys are going to go for. So I want a guy in that range. And, so for me, guys that fall in there are, you know, Kirk Cousins, Jameis Winston, things like that. But I don't know how that regular people view those guys. I know that people hold Ben Roethlisberger in high esteem for some reason. So I want to see. To me, he's a good kind of measuring stick. Um, and at least I can see maybe at least even the high end of what people are willing to pay at quarterbacks. Um, if it's not a super flex league, uh, what I want to nominate completely depends on my strategy. Uh, like, if I'm not, obviously, if I'm not going like a top end running back, then I'm going to throw out you know, Levy Bell, I'm gonna throw out Dave Johnson, not too cliche. Or if I'm top three, I know those guys are going to go for a lot. I might just go for a guy in that next tier that I don't want. Let's just, like, peel off a little bit of cash. Plus, I will also set a little bit of a value for myself. So, for example, maybe I don't like uh, Melvin Gordon. But I, I'm kind of hoping to buy Lashawn McCoy. 
So maybe I throw up Melvin Gordon for an overall pick because I know that if Levian or David Johnson didn't go ahead of me, they're probably going to go very quickly after me. And Melvin Gordon's price is going to tell me roughly maybe what I should expect to buy uh, LaShawn McCoy at. And I'm kind of right. hoping that that's, you know, he comes out fairly quickly. I don't have to wait too long. Um, so those are kinds of things that I maybe look for if I'm drafting very early in the draft. Is there anything, Blister, that uh, you look at if you have an early nomination uh, um, mm-hmm. order? What it, uh, what are some of the things you're looking at? Well, one of the things I was actually toying with was thinking, okay, if I'm content with, say I'm going to spend X number of dollars at running back and then this is my positions, which means then I know that I'm not going to, say I'm going to spend high on running back and I want to spend a little more tight end and quarterback than normal or whatever. That Somewhere it's got to give, right? So I'm going to have to lower at wide receiver. And early on in the first round, you know, if I think I'm content to start my team, as my wide receiver one with Dougie Baldwin or Demarius Thomas or somebody from my third tier, if I think I'll be happy if I can get one of them as my wide receiver one, and I'm early on and there's still, you know, seven or eight guys left in the top two tiers, I think that's the time maybe to throw that name out there because yeah. people are going to say, ah, he's, you know, he's worth 25 bucks, but once you get up there or something, they're going to start thinking, ah, oh, geez, there's still Jordy Nelson, Michael Thomas, Dennis, AJ, and I think that's your best chance of getting them versus now if the top two tiers are completely gone and, you know, Demarius and that solid, uh, say that wide, or the tier three as I consider tier three is what's the best ones that are left. Now a guy like Demarius Thomas might cost you know, five or six bucks more than what you were willing to pay. And maybe, maybe that five or six bucks more is oh, maybe 10 or 12 bucks more than what it would be worth if you nominate them early on, um, when the top two tiers are basically still all out there. So that's something yeah. I think that is a good strategy. Like I always want to get money spent, especially on guys I'm not interested in. But like we said before, we all know that if those are the best perceived receivers or players available at that position, they're gonna, excuse me. They're gonna cost a lot more money than what you're willing to pay. Sometimes, I and I agree with you, Blister. I know, and I will say, I know that you love uh, getting money spent. Like I've drafted you enough where you get upset when people are like nominating <laughs> kickers and like the first round. <laughs> like, let's get some money off the board. And I, and We're I kind agree. Of yeah. And we listen to or hear or read different auction things that guys have put out. And one of maybe like the top three rules they ever put out was doing an auction. You nominate players you don't want. And to me, that is like, it's like the most basic thing though. Uh, if you drafted in the draft with the same guys for a couple of years, um, to do that same strategy is just, that's like, that's so bushly. Like, it doesn't fool anybody. <laughs> you have to, at that point, start thinking, okay, it's like Blister said, um, maybe I want this guy. Maybe I really want that ball. So I'm mm-hmm. going to throw him out there if it's an overall nomination. A lot of people, yeah. uh, their intuitive, you know, intuitiveness, their, their conventional wisdom, yep. is tell them, fuck. <laughs> Fuck, he doesn't want that guy. Mm-hmm. And I've done this with quarterbacks, where typically I go very, very cheap at quarterback. 
And in the last few years, and knowing our league, and again, knowing the league, has completely devalued quarterback. I'll nominate a quarterback uh, with the intention of maybe buying him. I can get this guy for ten bucks. Okay. I, yeah. I, I'm nominating him to buy because I'm thinking people are just thinking, you know, everybody knows he doesn't want a quarterback. He's nominating Russell Wilson because he doesn't care. And then you just kind of let everyone bid, 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 and all of a sudden, okay, uh, $12 right at the very end. And now, oh, 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 what's he doing? And maybe that drives the price up because it makes people think, oh, geez, maybe he really wants him. Now i got to outbid him or whatever, and you get into a little thing going on. But, or maybe you just get him because, like Buster said, it's early on, and people are like, oh, I shit, all the money left. I don't need to spend that on this guy. I can, I can go buy someone else. Like, completely different. So yeah. I'm a big fan of nominating mid-tier guys. I don't mean mid-tier, like, tiers, like, eight, nine, kind of thing. Like, that's way too late. But, like, go to your tier three, your tier four. Find the guys you really want and that you think are good values, that you've seen as good values for a long time. And nominate those guys, yeah. um, and if they're not those values, they won't buy. But um, chances are, you're probably going to do fairly well. And yeah, you could get bit. Like you could buy a guy that you think is going to be awesome, and then you're going to see some better values come along later. But there's nothing you could do about it. Right. You know, you can't get a hindsight game. Um, I, you know what? So, I, yeah, I could almost guarantee. Uh, like if you denominated. Uh, Demarius Thomas or Doug, Dougie Baldwin or guys that you have in your third tier, you nominated them in that first round of the auction draft where there's only 12 players that are going to go in that first round. I guarantee, I bet you those guys will cost you way less then than they would down the road when you're down, the first two tiers are all gone. I just think that people are going to keep holding back for um, you know, Mike Evans and AJ and all those yeah. guys, so they're not gonna go. So I think if you wanted a guy on the third, from the third tier, then the time to do that would be nominating him in the first round. And then. I don't know about Baldwin. Yeah, he I, might I go a little bit strategy. more. Yeah, I yeah. just think the jig is up on him. I think yeah. people are realizing Yeah, yeah people like him. Good, He's been top 10 the last couple of years, right? Like, Marius yeah. is old, everyone thinks, well, oh, fuck, the quarterback sucks. But you yes. know, Marius is still sick. He's yeah. sweet. They're going to have to throw the ball sometime, and they're going to throw to their number one dude. And, yeah. Yeah. and you know what? And the flip side of that, too, is that might work in our auction where we know those guys well, and they know the game pretty well, and they, they'll be doing so they their homework. Shit. Right? We just gave a lot of secrets Like, I got a draft tomorrow night with a bunch of guys that'll be probably new to auction and just uh, guys that aren't in tune as much. And throwing a guy like Demarius out in the first round would be no different probably than throwing out a guy like AJ Green in the first round. Like they're gonna, they're gonna go nuts because they're first time auctioners, a lot of them. Yeah. There's only yeah. Be a couple of veterans and they're gonna be all over that. So, you know, it, it wouldn't work. So you really gotta know your audience. You gotta know your competition because you gotta, you're not just playing the auction board. You're playing those those eleven people across. I mean, it's just like playing the game of Texas Hold'em. You gotta not just play the cards. You gotta play the people too. So that's a big strategy. And you know, some people don't all have that luxury because they don't know the people they're playing against. So in those cases, you gotta just play them like they're first timers, and that they're not gonna have uh, first timers. Yeah, you know, 
Uh, well, and yeah. I think it's, that's important because we talk about that auction uh, auction horseshoe all the time, but that's in a vacuum, right? That's mm-hmm. like when you're just looking at that tier in a vacuum. I think you guys make a great point. You know, you're throwing out the first guy in a tier. Well, that goes against the auction horseshoe. Well, it it's in a vacuum, right? So you also have to look at situation and you have to look at supply and demand, all, all those kind of basic rules. Um, when you do it, I think you guys make some great points. I think you could do it at, uh, um, uh, at quarterback with a guy like, um, you know, Philip Rivers or Matt Stafford. I think you could do it at running back with a, um, shit, who could you throw in there? Like a Tevin Coleman or, a, you know, any of those types of guys where you're going to yeah. get them, at, get those guys. I find you got to be some value. You got to be careful. If you go too cheap, if you throw it again, it's too cheap. It's too easy to upfit. Too easy to read. Yeah. Well, it's just too easy. If the guy's like, if a guy goes for five bucks, uh, most people. So say you really want a guy, like you had him in your budget. Like, I really like Philip Rivers. I wanted him as my quarterback. He's going to be my quarterback too in Superflex, for example. Um, and he goes to six. It's really easy for a guy to say, oh, "Fuck it, I'm going to seven. Like, we're not talking about big amounts of money. You need to find that amount of money. Like, to me, like, $25, dollars is kind of that magic number of cash in a $200 budget where it makes people really think twice of, fuck, do I have to spend $5 more? Do I have to spend $10 more? Yeah, you know what? I, I didn't have that in my budget anyway. Or there's, like, what said, or you guys have talked. Ah, there's 300 guys for that same amount of money. I can just go get him. Like, that's why, like, for me, I think, uh, I, you know, A.J. Green, for example. If you really believe in A.J. Green and you got the first nomination, nominate his ass. Because you might get that guy for, like, $45. Um, you know, it's the first yeah. nomination of draft. People settle him down. Uh, if someone wants a big-name receiver, anybody that's in that building is still says, well, guess what? They look at him. That's on the ground. Uh, Mike Evans, those guys, they're all still there. Why am I bidding yeah. big money on, Anto- on AJ? I'm going to wash I'm my hands. Shit. I'm good. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm done. I don't care. I know these guys are coming. There's still three more dudes coming after him that I got a, I got a chance to get. And those are the guys I really wanted anyway. So, I mean, and if I was number two and I wanted that same guy, I'd say Jordy Nelson because I want them. Let's go. Let's see what happens. Uh, I'm going to try yeah. to ride that train and hope that those guys that really want those receivers are going to just be like, okay, they're still there. Those guys are still there. I, I want, I'm going to hold out for Odell Beckham. I'm going to hold out. And then maybe a few of those guys get in a big bidding war. You probably see one of them go for 70 bucks. But, um, yeah, again, I know the draft. It's but, uh, great points. I love that, uh, um, auctions got to the point in popularity that uh, we can say, oh, that's old strategy, right? Like, it's uh, looking at, you know, four or five years ago, what was, uh, oh, you nominate a kicker, you nominate a defense, you get your deal. Aha, uh-huh, you, you paid $2 for the Seattle defense, you sucker. And, I mean, we were there too, right? But the game has evolved and auction has evolved and, more and more people are doing it and you need to be much more savvy than to just uh, follow what was still happening eight years ago. Well, it's like poker. 
I, I firmly believe fantasy football is like poker. I mean, I could throw a thousand analogies out whether it's dynasty or retro, but you I mean, and Benny. But like, if you're if you're drafting an auction, you you need to mask your hand. So you need to do things that people aren't expecting, uh, so they don't know exactly what you're doing. Uh, maybe that means you're bluffing sometimes, and maybe that means actually you're making it look like a bluff, but you really have a strong hand. Like, and that means you're throwing out a guy that you really want to buy. Like, there's there's these all these analogies. Of, Sounds like a great article that you're going to release soon. Uh, you know what? If you were a dynasty, uh, dynasty podcast, it's super easy. But we ain't diving into that niche. We're still trying to carve out <laughs> this yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. love it, though. Speaking of time, guys, uh, I'm either worried that my truck's going to run out of battery because I'm sitting on auxiliary right now or that... Uh, the generator is going to be off by the time I get back to the cabin. One way or the other, that's uh, we, it's about time we cut this. Uh, it's good. We had some good stuff out there. <laughs> it's probably one of our longest pods of the year, actually. It was the yeah, probably. <laughs> well, the worst <laughs> intro. I'll give. I'll give you the worst intro, but uh, um, we had uh, we had some good stuff last week with Jody. This is some good stuff about how to how to build some of your strategy and some, you know, uh, um, new age auction thinking when you're getting into your nomination strategy and those types of things. Um, and then, so then we've got some, uh, we're, we're doing some, uh, guest appearances, I guess, here in the next couple of days. I'm on the, uh, 24-7 podcast tomorrow night. So, uh, um, we're going to be talking some auction. I think maybe some AFC. Uh, West while I'm out um, on the pod tomorrow night too and then in a couple of nights where are you Slim? I'm on the Eat Sleep Fantasy Football Podcast so yeah we're just gonna they just wanna you know talk about some auction stuff they, sounds like you know people are, are getting a little interested and they wanted to have kind of the only auction podcast and website on to discuss a little, you know, strategy and things. So you know, they reached out to us. And, right well, on. Thankfully, I was I was open that night. And, you know, awesome boys. We hit it up. Yeah. Good right. stuff. So uh, uh, watch for Slim uh, or listen for Slim on that one. I'm going to be on the uh, 24/7 tomorrow night. And uh, with that in mind, make sure you head on over to the the fantasyfootballauction.com. Um, Check out our auction values and articles that are on there. Click on the members area. Um, on there, it'll show you what you get if you get a membership. Fourteen ninety five gets you all the articles, gets you all the downloads. We're talking about their tiers coming out. My cheat sheet will uh, hopefully be coming out too. I usually put the one I actually bring to our big auction right on the um, right on the site when I'm making it. Anyways, it has my tiers. It's color coded. You can download all that. And if you're just interested in the sheets themselves, um, it's patreon.com backslash fancy football auction. And, uh, you can, uh, just purchase them from there. And on that note, I just dropped the Fuguzi name blister, right? He was a guy yes. from the data force, right? And he just tweeted yes. me, what? You're on there? What? Send them a, he just DM me. What's the link? Cause he's going to drop the one that uh, drop a dollar probably in our, uh, oh. um, in our <laughs> tip jar. Nice. So that's Thanks, pretty buddy. good too. Thank you. Yeah, that's pretty good. So anyways, I just thought I'd come through. Uh, I got the, the phone 
propped up on my steering wheel right now as we wrap up the pod. So All right. nothing classier. And 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 Slim, just for you Plus and for Ross. His Abby on Twitter is the shit too. I, it, it is true. You're hundred percent right. And Slim, for you and for Ross tonight in the truck, parked without any keys in it. You got blue. I'm drinking blue right now. I have blue, but you can't see it. Anyways, um, <laughs> all right, Blister, uh, have fun with the in-laws. Slim, yeah, um, hopefully you get to sleep in until about uh, 6.35 tomorrow morning. Well, that beat 5.30. <laughs> so, yes, sir. All right. All right, boys. All right, so I guess I'll see you guys soon. And for the rest of you, I'll see you when it's springtime in the Rockies. When it's springtime in the Rockies, I'll be coming back to you.